vexillology. So I do have some follow up, or do we want to? Ha- do we have some? Sort- do we have a big opener? How was how was no. your weekend, Paul? Oh, my weekend was good. Uh, some time with the girlfriend. I was a kind of. What did I do? Oh, we. Oh, this is a thing. So we went and saw Eighth Grade. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I saw that like uh, two weeks ago. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that's all I can say. It was just like, it's not even like a movie. It's pretty much just like, you know, it feels like Bo Burnham just followed around an eighth grader without their their knowledge. Because that's just like yeah. how realistic it is. Yeah. For those that don't know, uh, Bo Burnham, he's a stand-up comedian. Um, he started on YouTube and he wrote and directed a short like like a not a short but like a it was small i guess when he first made it film called eighth grade which is it kind of follows the life of an eighth grader and she is she kind of like has this persona online she's also a youtuber um she's like not very popular but she's she kind of exudes this confidence online and then when they follow her like through school she's very shy and kind of you know, she's just like a like a shy person and doesn't have a lot of friends and things like that. And it just talks about like the difference between real life and online. And it like really magnifies um, like just different parts of being an eighth grader. Some parts are really cringy. Some parts are um, don't matter so much, but it seems like the world. And it, he does a really good job at like portraying that emotion or making the audience feel that emotion. But I don't know. What did you think of it? I liked it a lot. Uh, I I almost just like, I don't have anything really even to to go into in too much detail. I think it was just really well done. You know, great for the first kind of film experience that that Bose had. And uh yeah, personally, 8th grade for me actually was like I I feel like I pretty much peaked in 8th grade. That was a great year. I had great teachers and like yeah. Uh, so personally, like it doesn't resonate specifically with eighth grade for me but there's definitely been other times where i've kind of you know just felt like that and even you know like we're kind of throwing content out there right now that doesn't have like a a ludicrous amount of listeners so yeah it hits home and it's just very well done so yeah same here eighth like school in general was pretty i liked school a lot um middle school high school but it's just really interesting I don't know. It was just well, well done, like you said. Can I ask you how, like, how how did you like college compared to high school? Um, I liked college a lot. So high school, like middle school, high school was like, I guess I peaked in high school because, I don't know, like captain of the football team. Like I was friends with almost everybody. I, like I didn't really have in, any enemies or anything like that where there, I was like kind of like I was part of a lot of different groups and sometimes like the different groups even didn't like each other, but somehow I managed to like, not like stay out of all like the drama parts. Um, I don't know. High school was, was great. High school was a lot of fun. College though was fun in a different way. Like I didn't make a ton of friends in college. I was very focused on school. Um, I made like a few 
friends, um, some that I'm still friends with, but most of my friends are from high school. Um, college was like just work basically for me. Like I was going to school full time. I was working full time, sleeping and then doing it again. Mm. Yeah. I liked high school a lot and we don't have to get too much into it. Uh, I got through college and it was fine, I guess. Uh, and I met a lot of like key people that are still really important in my life, but uh, I don't know. It just, it, the contrast of like a high school environment where you like, you know, the teachers, you know, everyone in your classes around you, uh, it just really worked for me. And especially I liked kind of like school was just like, oh, you have to be here. And, you know, like you have to submit this this assignment kind of thing. And it's there's not even like ridiculous expectations. And almost because there weren't great expectations, it was easier to do really, really well or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just like that kind of constant interaction and for like a full, you know, five days a week, like a full day. Uh, together with people compared to like college it was like well you can pick your own classes and you got these giant breaks in it and I like I liked it and I didn't really go too far out of my way to like make it feel like high school when probably I bet I I should have I should have but it's just so hard to do when you have that freedom so I don't know I wasn't the biggest fan uh, but I guess it was okay yeah I really liked the like independence of college I grew the most in college just like personally as far as like the difference between, which is probably the case for most people, but the difference between like freshman and senior high school me and the difference between like freshman and senior college me is like I changed probably like orders of magnitude more in college than I did in high school, just like as as far as like who I am now. So I, I like college more for that. High school was just like, like the schoolwork was so easy. Um, I was just doing lots of like after school stuff so high school is just like pure fun basically whereas college was pure work you had some i think follow-up yeah so i've i'll keep this short because i don't know who even really cares about this but i've been making progress on my home home screen i care Gil. <laughs> so I found a new cryptocurrency app to follow since the, my other one was a black background with an orange icon Mm. so that that gave me a new white background um i moved do out of the dock and into like the main screen because do was in my dock before but it has a white background so it fits better up there and i moved overcast into the dock um and then and then i moved uh instapaper into a folder just because it had like a textured background that i wasn't a big fan of can i take a look at this yeah, so I'm sending you a picture now, and let me know, does does any of these icons or uh, stand out to you as Ooh. especially ugly? Okay, so we are on the white. Oh, yeah, and I changed to a white background that kind of hides the folders and um, is this, also hides the dock. Here's a question. Did you use a special one that, like, is this just white, or did you go find one of those ones that's, like, weird and almost kind of hacks the you know what I'm talking about? Yes. So this is just white, but if you put it on perspective mode and not still, I think the other option is, it turns folders and um, the dock just white. Hmm. Okay. So this is just regular white. I didn't realize that you could get the dock. I thought it always had a look, like it looked like it was imposed because it would adapt to 
like it knew if it was against all white and so the one that i'm using kind of like tricks the phone in some way i think because it's like technically a picture like a white rectangle surrounded by black yeah if i like put it in still mode i can still see the folders and docs so it's something about the perspective mode maybe it's a glitch maybe it's like that on purpose but something about perspective mode uh Hmm. does all that for me okay i would say i mean i don't know how you feel about this but well well yeah i mean the ones that have a border stand out a little bit which is the body weight and the transit and reddit but okay yeah you can only do so much about that the the answer i was looking for was the the body weight app and i have updates on what i'm doing about that (laughs) okay (laughs) so the the body weight this is just like a workout app like a like a tells you like the routine to do or whatever with all the progressions um it's like the reddit recommended routine or whatever but there's like an ellipsis an ellipsis yeah that's bothersome at the end and it's driving me nuts and then the icon is just ugly there are like shadows and gradients and it's just like not a great color it's like a Um, chopped off hand yeah and it's yeah the the app overall is just or the app icon overall is just not great um which is fine somebody just kind of whipped it together for fun on reddit but um i found out that it's open source so yesterday i downloaded this um from github (laughs) (laughs) and i (laughs) so i'm working on editing it um i had to like update ruby and and install cocoa pods and all this um i haven't done it on this laptop yet so yesterday was like a lot of preparation work but so i i have like a preliminary icon i can send you that too and i don't know if these are the final colors i'm going to go for um but it's just it's just very simple basically the same icon just like colored differently um that i'll end up replacing that with yeah i mean you should just send that to them because like it has like an ios kind of feel to it because a lot of their apps have gradients and so just why isn't it using that yeah it's like a green and a blue like somewhat close to each other that gradients uh diagonally across the icon and it's kind of inverted so that the color is in the hand and the background is white um and then obviously i'll update the icon or the app name so that it actually fits uh without the ellipses (laughs) i love that it's i've never well i I mean i guess there's some open source apps but (laughs) this is the first i've heard of like modifying it and deploying it on your own phone just for the custom icon yeah (laughs) so that'll that'll leave me with just transit and reddit left reddit i feel like could i could see that having like multiple app icons in the next year or so uh maps is probably going to be some variation of that forever um and then transit's never going to change either um but once i update this app like my workout app i think i'll be pretty happy um because i i'm pretty sure i'm sticking with the native reddit app um but i don't know this is this is where it is right now though and i'm I'm getting close to liking it you're always gonna have the the, like the core problem here is you're like oh this app is great i want it to be on my home screen and then you're like nope and you start to make decisions like like i feel like maybe you want do down in the wherever it was before i do yeah but you just like eh you know, it looks okay up there, and that's fine. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's the priorities to be making, even though it does look sick. Yeah, it's like I'm trying to like 
weigh the good and the bad. If I end up using it for a week and not liking it, I'll change it back and try and come up with something else because it doesn't look awful with Overcast out there, mm-hmm. um, especially with Reddit being there. There's a way that I could balance that, like maybe in the middle or something. I don't know. But it wouldn't be awful having Overcast out, but I'm just trying it out, keeping due. Because um, I used do and Overcast about the same amounts, and before overcast was out of the dock so i feel like i would be okay with it um i'm sure i'll find out it's a shame you can't i mean overcast looks like maybe if it were inverted you would have just some kind of circle that's surrounded by white and uh then that'd look pretty good but yeah even just like the same exact thing without the orange like the like don't invert anything else but just get rid of the orange border yeah would be fine but and we'll see but yeah, I'm liking and, it so far. And the one other thing I'd say is with this icon, uh, at the you know how it's just like like a chopped off hand up there? If it just yeah. had curvature, like, you know, when it's like the wrist connects to the hand there, like just repeat that up at the top, I think that might look, it might look weird, but oh, I feel okay. like maybe it'd look all right. And I mean, I know you just like recolored the current icon at the moment, but yeah, yeah. It might be a nice touch too. Yeah, that's a good idea. Or, or at least add another... So you see how like the thumb is it? It's not rounded, but it has like another break in it. Like mm-hmm. maybe just adding like one other break to the first third, so it kind of goes up and then down, um, just to match that same style of the fingers. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I can play around with that. Mm. All right, looking clean, Gil. I have a bit. Well, yeah. Let's let's discuss very brief, very brief. But uh, two very minor things have been updated across. I guess this is just a segment, right? We, uh, we talk about minor changes to apps. Uh, and that is, one, Reddit has now, I don't know if you know because you just kind of switch to it, but they used to have a magnifying glass as the second bottom tab. Oh, yeah. And it has since, well, very recently it was replaced with like some little shapes, I guess. And... I don't know if they called it this before, but I guess I think now it's the home. I think they call it home tab or, or something like that. And rightfully so, because uh, that is where your subscriptions are. And I've found myself in the past, like, clicking ran- or tapping randomly trying to find my subscriptions. Because, like, it, it's not intuitive that it's in the, the magnifying glass. So yeah. I guess I appreciate that. The icons that they have there now are kind of, like, a little weird for me, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, I really want to be able to customize this in some way because I do not want this chat thing always being here with a red dot on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the next frontier, right? You get the home screen down, and then you've got to figure out ways to, like, modify the apps themselves, which is a losing battle. But they're making changes, so that's always good. They'll get feedback, and as long as they're continuing to iterate on it, um, I feel like Reddit's semi-good at listening to the users we'll see do you think that that update well okay let me talk about the other one and then i'll ask you a question so the other thing that is extremely minor is that facebook has i guess maybe in the last week or so uh updated their bottom tabs and the only difference as far as i can tell is that they are colored now Hmm. when you click on them so it adds color and like if you click on the little bell it's now like a little golden bell like brass very minor and then the other thing that may have been at the same time not completely sure is that 
they have now like given me a little notification in my notifications it now says like we have like automatically turned off group notifications or something like that and i think i had literally every group notification already turned off because having them on is just insanity even just highlights it's like you know you get like a dozen different notifications just from random people posting and it's i can't imagine anyone that liked that so I understand yeah. why Facebook did that. It didn't really help me and it actually confused me a lot because I already had them all off and I was like, wait, did you just like algorithmically turn some of them back on because you thought it was better for me or something? But as far as I can tell, I think they're still all off for me. Okay. That's good. I I have Messenger on my phone just because I wind up in this situation where I'm like, like I'm in a, like a boosted board group and like some other small groups. Mm-hmm. But I just have notifications turned off for the whole app, like in the Apple settings, not in the Messenger settings. And every time I log in, it says, make sure you turn on notifications. And it's like just really annoying every time I log into Messenger. Yeah. Messenger and uh, log into other things online are the two kind of like, you know, really useful things that, I mean, keep me from just never looking at Facebook. I mean, like... I do look at it just for like occasionally to search someone or something. But like if I ever think like, oh, I could shut down my Facebook altogether. I'm like, eh, messenger chat is occasionally very useful. And so is logging into apps um, without having to type basically. Yeah, I still like I log in. That's basically what I use Facebook for is just for logging into other things that don't offer Google login. Yeah, oh, it feels but... like I'm selling my soul. When I do that, I just like, oh, I, mean, I know you're going to get my email and like information yeah. about me, but like it means I don't have to type my email. So I'm going to click, I'm going to click the Facebook button, which is going to send me to Facebook or like a web browser. Then I click and then it sends me to Facebook. Then I click, then it sends me back to the app. And it's like the most convoluted process possible, but it's still worth it instead of having to like sit there and type in an email address and password. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite things about face id and the new like in the iphone 10 is that like yeah before when you're like logging onto websites and stuff moving your finger over your, your thumb over like you know a couple millimeters isn't like a big deal but you don't really have to do anything you're just like looking at the phone and it just like authenticates mm. like when you're logging into like websites or whatever yeah for the longest time and actually no i don't i don't think we're here yet but it always has surprised me. So why doesn't Apple have their own, you know, version of this Facebook login thing? Like I'm almost shocked that Facebook is able to somehow make that work because it feels like Apple would, you know, either not be enabling it. So they kind of got lucky that they were able to implement it. But then also it almost feels like Apple would want to break that. And I'm surprised that Apple hasn't. So yeah, they need to put a better front end onto a keychain so that we could use it for more things. Like the way that I maintain one password, I would like to be able to do that in an easy way for a keychain, which then they would have to make a Windows version um, and things like that. But I feel like I trust Apple more with like security stuff than most companies. But I'm saying like if I wanted to go to a new app that I haven't ever used, and you know how I think it's like, I don't have a number on this, but it's probably a ridiculous number. You're just looking for, like, login with iTunes. 
Yeah, where people download the app and they hit the thing and it says you got to put your email in and then they leave the app and never look at it again. And it's really surprising to me that there isn't like login with your Apple ID. Unless yeah. there is and I'm forgetting. I don't remember. I don't think so. Maybe. No, the, it all no? routes through Keychain. There's nothing that logs in that like yeah. takes you to iTunes, like gives you some token and then logs you in to whatever well, website. If, if Apple wanted to implement it, they wouldn't even have to like whisk you away because they have the whole operating system. So you really could make it just like sign in with Apple and you tap and then maybe it does like a face ID just to confirm or something. And then there you go. Like you're in. And I think yeah, that but would then you have like... to support windows and Android, all versions of Android. And you have to go through like all of that, like fragmentation that they try to stay away from. Why would they have to do that? So, because I guess if they did it through the browser and other areas, but they would have to like, the, like sign of kind of the same way Facebook does to where they have to like they could use something native in the operating system where you're like logged in in like your settings um, or it can just like route you to a browser and then uh, send you back to the app um, using some like deep link or whatever. No, but I'm saying like Apple owns the whole operating system so they could do all that in the background and it would look like just, you know, say I download it and like I was trying to get an auction app the other day and half of them had like sign up things. So I just deleted them immediately. I'm saying even if I've never seen this before, I could just like open the app and instead of email or whatever, I would just hit like, you know, use Apple ID to, to log in basically. And it would do what the Facebook button does, but seamlessly. Yeah. Well, it would work like that on Apple devices, but you can't like, have your email that you can only open on apple devices like if you're logging in with something and that's the only authentication it needs to also work everywhere else no but i think like if i use the facebook button i'm pretty sure it create like it uses my facebook email and some i guess my facebook password and i could then go to that service and just log in with my facebook email and password right i'm pretty sure no. that's what it does no no, it, you're logging in. It's like pinging Facebook servers and sending back as like some authentication token. You're, you're, it's not like creating mm. a login, like an email address. And, it's not like duplicating your email address and password to that website. Okay, but that website does get my email address. Maybe not the password, but it at least in theory could work, right? No, because you can't request the password from Facebook. Like Facebook won't send anybody your password. So it's just sending a token back. So there's no way for it to like duplicate your login information into another person's database and then say... Could Apple not send just the, uh, you know, the hash of the password to the, to the app that's requesting it since they control the app store, you know, and in theory malicious things aren't getting in? Um, no, I, I don't, I just don't, I don't think that it works like that like nobody does that it's just sending some token back um you're not sending hashes of passwords or any sort of because if you're sending the hash of the password then by definition the other person has to have whatever the encryption is so that they know what it actually is and then that would make the whole thing useless no the other person would need to have the hash or they wouldn't need to have the, the original password they would just you know when i go to log in with whatever this third party app thing was except on my 
you know, like on the web client, I just type in what my password for Facebook or for Apple ID is, and then it would, you know, just, oh, is the hash of this thing that he typed in the same as the hash of uh, the thing that we have in record from what Apple sent to us? It would work, but I get that that probably is not like the greatest security move ever. I just think maybe like eventually Apple could somehow figure out possibly a way to make that work. Yeah. I'm sure that they could. They would just have to implement it the same way like a Facebook does. And then it would be seamless on iOS devices, but maybe other devices have to route route through a browser or something. Yeah. Well, anyway, the question I was going to ask, I was going to say, with the Reddit notification, or not notification, with the Reddit icon that is now, uh, you know, just a different shape, basically. And Facebook literally just changed it so that it's colored when you tap on it. How many people do you think, like, approved that? Or was it, like, just, you know, a small team or even maybe just one person that was like, you know, this would look better if it were colored when you tapped on it? Oh, I don't think it has anything to do with looking better. I think they, like, probably, like, A-B tested it versus a thousand other options, and then that was the one that performed the best, so they rolled it out to a larger percentage of the users. Maybe people are checking you know, their newsfeed or their messages more often now that it's colored. So now that they, now they switched it from testing over to, uh, what it is. Um, I don't think it was purely a design thing. I think it was usability. So you think that there is some, cause it's not like it actually helps you because I mean, the only thing it would do is indicate to you where you are currently so that you don't accidentally like tap the section that you're on and then like you know, if you were in the feed and then you tapped on the feed thing because you thought you were somewhere else or something, then it would take you to the top of the feed, right? So it's not like... Yeah. I'm I'm struggling to think how that would, like, affect usability other than just looking a little bit better, but you don't think this is just on a whim and that it has some, like, deep meaning that lots of people were involved with. No, I think... I mean, I'm sure lots of people were involved, but I don't think it was like a decision that was made and then it was implemented. I think that it was, these are our 10 options. Let's test them out. You know, let's take 10% of Facebook users and we'll split up these five options between them. And whichever one, you know, performs best on X KPI, on like on X like thing that we want them to do, um, we'll use that one for the rest of the people. Hmm. Yeah, so maybe it's maybe it's not everywhere yet is the other possibility. Yeah, maybe it is just being tested and you're just part of that, you know, 2%. Part of the club, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you think that they rolled out the, you know, those like tap and hold kind of emojis that that there are now? React, react emojis? Mm, it, no, is this a Facebook thing or is this wider? Yeah, it's like, it's Facebook. Like how you, you always were able to like something, but now you can like angry react and things like that. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I just, do you think that rolled out to some people beforehand? Um, I would say definitely yes. I, I think, I, th- I don't know, I, th- I feel like I remember hearing about that. It was probably a much, like, I'm sure they did, like, focus groups where they, like, brought people in. They did, like, that, like, a hundred times. And then they gave it to, like, some trusted, like, beta testing group that they have that's outside of Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually tested it wider than that. But that was like, that was a pretty big change. So I don't think that's something they would just like toss out to the public, even if it is a few percent, but, uh, I'm sure that went through like six months of heavy, like 
testing. I'm sure the whole thing was very expensive. (laughs) (laughs) That's so sad. (laughs) Because that kind of gets to a place where, like, you could offend lots of people if you have the wrong face that could be, like, used in a way that you don't want it to be used. Like, I don't know. I don't have an example of what that would be, but I'm sure that there are, like, millions of those examples to where, like, oh, we could do this face, but if people use it in this way, it'd be, like awful so we have to like make sure we're very selective about the like emotions and faces and like everything that we're choosing okay i got one more for you you know how uh the little hamburger emoji i think on google like google's hamburger emoji had uh what was it like the lettuce was in the wrong place and i think the cheese was like underneath the burger or something ridiculous now i'm sure well i don't know that really feels to me like something that somebody sent an email to like the design department was like make the hamburger look like a more normal hamburger and then they did that and then they were basically like ready to go do you think like surely they didn't run that by dozens of people like they just made it look a little more like a hamburger um i don't i'm not i'm not familiar with the hamburger that you're talking about for google is this is like a this is like kind of what Reddit did where they had the hamburger menu icon, a hamburger. No, like a literal hamburger emoji. Yeah. Oh, it was the hamburger emoji. Yeah. It was just all messed oh, okay. up because like it looked slightly off. And then uh, the other one was that the beer emoji had like froth at the top of it, but it was like a half drunken beer. So like, <laughs> you know, there was like froth above it before there was actual, Yeah, it just didn't make any sense. Yeah. So I, I just wonder if that was like a memo between a couple of people or did that have to go through some absurd approval process just to confirm that it was like, I don't know, didn't somehow subliminally, subliminally look like some kind of offensive thing. Yeah, I don't, I'm just like guessing when I answer all these things. So I really have no idea, but my assumption is like something. For whatever reason, I get the feeling that the emoji process isn't super stringent. So I have no idea. That was probably just <laughs> like a designer, and then like it got approved by their boss. So they're like, "All right, push it out." I wonder if there's someone that is like their specific job title is the emojis. Yeah, that sounds like a great job. <laughs> just like I mean, I've been really stuck on this taco emoji for six months, but. <laughs> launches launches in three weeks i gotta get get it done just doodling iterating through like millions of taco emojis and like <laughs> trivial things yeah i think that'll be the title of this episode just taco emoji <laughs> that's good that's good we we apparently both have this elon musk interview on our list do we want to talk about that at all okay so mkbhd who is like a noted youtube tech and gear review slash enthusiast guy uh it's been on the books i think for a little bit but he sat down with elon musk uh i think i'm not actually i think it was the gigafactory not 100 percent sure but uh yeah they just had pretty much like a like a 15 minute conversation largely about tesla and it was uh, i don't know a couple things worth mentioning one, it was like, like almost kind of awkward and weird. Like, I don't know, MK, MKBHD. Like, I felt a little bit of like fanboy coming off of him with like yeah. the questions he was asking and things. Uh, it was just, it was kind of an awkward, goofy thing. But yeah, 
I think interviewing in general is new to him. Like he does lots of like tech review stuff by himself. And then all of a sudden he's in the middle of like, he's like with, you know, one of his idols when it's maybe his like third interview he's ever done. Yeah. And I mean, like I hold Elon in high regard, but you know, I, I just consider MKBHD to be like such a professional top tier kind of YouTube person. And it's yeah. funny to see him kind of like <laughs> humbled a bit in, in that. Yeah. Even like seeing, I don't know, it, it was just crazy to me that Elon Musk like agreed to that, which MKBHD is, he's a big YouTuber. He's like the, like, like you said, the biggest like tech review channel, but still for like, for Elon Musk to accept that and like take an hour of his time to talk to, cause did you see the like factory tour too? No, it's in my queue here. Cause it just came out like two hours ago or something, right? Yeah. I just watched that like on the bus on the way, on the way home, but <laughs> it's, Would it's you- good. Yeah. Yeah, he just talks a lot about like the difference between what um, like humans are good at and what robots are good at. Um, talks about where some like inefficiencies are in the factory. Like there are robots that hand to another robot that only job is to hand it to another robot. And like why don't these other like why don't the like beginning and end robots just hand it to each other? But he I don't know. It's mm-hmm. it's really cool seeing the factory, seeing like all those different things. Um, talks a little bit about like what we were talking about, or like the difference between like smart robots and dumb robots and how the dumb robots are like the best ones because they never break down. Yeah. So there's like some of that stuff going on too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. It's comforting and somewhat frustrating because like a lot of times I deal with, you know, this is what largely I talk about on this podcast. I think is just things that have annoyed me and taken way more time than they really seem like they should. And yeah, you know, like, don't get me started on Adobe Illustrator, but <laughs> it's it's good to see that, you know, it kind of there's like this vision that he's got this ridiculously high tech thing going on. And it's like he probably spent six hours trying to get a robot to, you know, turn the right angle or something. <laughs> it's yeah. just, I don't know. We think we're in like a really sophisticated manufacturing era. And a lot of it is just still like, ugh, like snail's pace slow to set up yeah he was talking about how like the assembly lines like he wants the assembly lines just to move faster they're like moving at under one mile per hour like through the through the line and you know some of these robots are crazy though like picking up cars and lifting them to other places and he was talking about them and he's like mkbhd asked like how accurate like the repeatable motions are uh like is it like within an inch um is it within like a few inches and he was like no these like there's like these humongous robots are within like 0.1 millimeter accuracy every single time the exact place the exact same place and they're like you know looks like uh like a transformer or something like just lifting cars around yeah wow and they're like he's like walking through this thing which i think is funny and he's like there's people working and elon musk is like oh sorry to interrupt and it's like i mean you you own all of this but (laughs) 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 he's supposed to be on joe rogan's podcast i thought he actually was supposed to have already been on it so i don't know if it's being edited or what and those usually you know go like a while so yeah that'd be good to see there were a few notable things that he said though that i wanted to point out and maybe talk about 
So one of the things he said was that, I don't know how official this is, but he wants to get a Tesla down to $25,000 in three years. Did you, did you hear him say that? Yeah, I like that. I heard that. And so this is like some of MKBHD's questions kind of seemed like, like just kind of odd and like almost as if he hasn't been following Tesla too closely. And I think he has been right. Like it seemed like he was not even super sure about like the master plan and things like he was asking questions about that. Yeah, um, I did think that was weird because there is a phase two master plan like on the Tesla blog that he didn't like he was saying the master plan is complete. Right. And he was like, oh, well, there's like phase <laughs> one. Phase one is complete. But I was like, surely, you know, that MKBHD. But I don't know. Maybe he's busy with a lot of stuff. And um, yeah, for the twenty five thousand dollar one, like Elon has definitely said explicitly at some point that. is the cheapest they intend to go and that, you know, cheaper is just going to come from you being able to rent your car to the fleet so that it can basically act as a taxi, you know, with self-driving. Well, he specifically noted like economies of scale, like the more people buy the Model 3, the cheaper like assembly and manufacturing will be. So I think he's talking like pure like economics he thinks that it can it sounded like the model three could get to twenty five thousand dollars just if they like maybe sell like i don't know like 10 times 100 times more cars but like compared to like a ford or like a chevy tesla's making basically no cars so if they can get up to that level like we could have tesla's like the price of or cheaper than like a prius so steve jobs at some point said like, we just don't know how to make a $1,000 computer. And, or like a computer for less than $1,000. And they like, they still technically really haven't. But, you know, inflation, and I'm not actually, and I always have to think, is that helping or hurting, right? So like in a while, $25,000 is even less, right? So yeah. so that, that hurts, right? And so if like 10 years, they make a $25,000 Tesla, that would be extra impressive because that's you know like even less money in 2018 dollars yeah he he specifically says three years though which i i thought it was surprising (laughs) him giving i mean i guess he's always giving dates and missing them but him giving three years twenty five thousand dollars is very specific like he's like like that's there's like data to back that up yeah i don't know i guess we'll see uh, but uh, yeah, Apple, you know, they kind of have an under a thousand dollar computer and that's the iPad and that's sort of what they consider to be maybe the future of computers. So, yeah, I uh, I don't know if there's some analogy to draw there with Tesla, but you know, he's said pretty confidently that they weren't. And now I think maybe he's like, yeah, well it could, but I wouldn't like hold my breath. Yeah. I mean, I guarantee like, like a Prius would like if somebody were to just start making a Prius without all of the other like things that Toyota's got going on, it would be much more expensive. Like he talks about how Tesla's only making one car at a time and then something like Ford or Toyota's making like 15 cars at a time. Once you're able to like, once you're at that scale, everything becomes cheaper. Like the same reason why like virtual reality was impossible just because it was like so expensive. Um, Mm. 15 years ago but then cell phones come around and like accelerometers and cameras and all these things are like in everybody's hands so it all it automatically goes from like 
basically nobody having these things to like 75% of America having one in their pocket, all of a sudden these accelerometers are like a fraction of the cost they used to be. I mean, it's a smaller scale than that, but it's a similar, similar idea. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. The, the last thing that I thought was interesting was, have you heard of track mode? I haven't heard of this. I, yeah, yeah. So we were talking a few weeks ago about like Apple, they should like allow super users to have these like settings to mess with, even if they are like risk messing up their phone in some way, it, which is kind of what this is. He talks about, yeah, you're like, your brakes will wear down faster. You might blow a circuit, but we're giving you the option to basically tweak all the little settings in a Tesla to do whatever it is you want it to do, uh, which I thought was really cool. It is. And so also, uh, I don't know if you know, but if you, this is like, this is how ridiculous Tesla is. If you have a P100D, you know, with like ludicrous, right? Which is the, I think $10,000, like on top of the P100D, I think you pay $10,000 for the ludicrous, uh, like sensor and and just better components and stuff like that. So it's crazy expensive. But if you use that, like you activate it by going to like the Easter egg menu or by, um, you know, doing the Easter egg in the first place. And it does this cool little goofy like warp speed animation. But then it says uh, like warning this might reduce your car's lifespan or something like that and it sounds like this like what's funny is it feels like it's this legal notification but then then at the bottom that your options are like yes please or no mama i'm scared (laughs) (laughs) so it's like it almost feels Uh, like corporate for a second and then it's like oh okay we're just we're just messing around here but yeah so it's you've had the option of kind of like vetoing that for a little while yeah, it's like a lawyer wrote the first half and then just like, you know, some guy just wrote the second half. Yeah, probably Elon himself. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So some good transitions here because you mentioned uh, virtual or aug- augmented reality. And I just want to give a quick mention that the Magic Leap uh, 1, I know, whatever the developer edition thing is, is out like and people have it and for me for me like i don't know if you would kind of follow it around with magic leap but for the longest time like three years solid there was zero information and then just like a month ago or i don't know maybe it was longer than that but they had a like prototype well no i guess the final product uh, they showed like pictures of it and they basically said nothing else. It was just like, here's what it will physically look like. And now just like a week ago, people have like developers have actual, uh, you know, working things in their own possession, working magic leaps. And they seem pretty cool. I don't know. Have you seen any of the videos? Yeah, I think I watched The Verge uh, did a, I don't know, like a first hands or like a review or something of it. It looks really cool. I, I like was vaguely aware of like, which I guess they didn't really have a lot of information out, but there's like some company called Magic Leap like doing crazy things, like raising tons and tons of money. Uh, but yeah, it looks really cool. It's like a smaller HoloLens. Um, 
they say it's really great. I It's been a while since I watched that review, so I don't remember. I know that there were a few downsides, one of them being field of view, which is going to be the issue, but that's just like a, that's the short-term problem. The, like, the difficult part of this is the augmented reality. It's just like a price thing, the field of view, so. Um, yeah. Yeah, it looks really, really cool, though. It's a little sad to see it kind of materialize because it is essentially, it basically like a, a lot better version of a HoloLens, right? Because they've just poured money into this thing. The big thing that I think, I don't think HoloLens did this, is like occlusion. So if it if something rolls behind, like, so it's constantly scanning the environment, right? And uh, if something rolls behind like a chair or whatever, the the digital thing that is imposed actually gets obscured by the the chair or whatever yeah that's really cool i remember in in the verge they like have like a robot or something on the ground and they're like walking around a table and it goes in and out which is uh which is really cool i think this is like something you'd have to like use it to see but i'm worried i'm i'm like i'm wondering how transparent the images are like the cool thing about augmented reality is that it could be, you know, there's like a spectrum from zero to a hundred of becoming virtual reality at whatever point you want it to, um, which would make virtual reality kind of obsolete once, you know, augmented reality is cheap enough. But like if, if the virtual reality, if the augmented reality is like transparent, it kind of defeats the whole purpose. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. I wonder if in, uh, well, Probably not, because I guess there is a limited field of view. But I, I was just going to say, I wonder if like you could straight up use a Magic Leap as just a virtual reality headset and not, you know, incorporate, just basically cover the entire real world with, with digital stuff <laughs> and then just use it as a, a VR headset. But I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that either should be or is the goal, um, mm-hmm. but just like because of price and just technology and batteries um just not not quite there yet yeah but there's not like too much on it yet i'm excited to see where like actual developers go with this uh you know always skeptical a little bit with the vr and the ar stuff because it's like i don't know what's the thing that has most blown you away about any of it yet so far gil has anything blown you away about the magic leap or just about the field in general just like ar or vr altogether um i've used some vr stuff that's really blown me away i haven't seen any like applications that make it like you need to like that make it you need to have um aside from games but just like the experiential stuff and the games alone i think is enough to to make it worth it i would really like one and the times that yeah. I have used it, it's like really like you forget you're in virtual reality in like a couple of seconds. And then once you have your hands in the environment, you just kind of like know how to do things. It's not like a game where you have to think like, OK, triangle is jump, uh, yeah. you know, whatever is X. It's just like you're just doing it. And it's it's really cool. But I haven't seen any applications that's like revolutionary. Yeah, it would be interesting just you know, remove the tiny bit of cognitive load that it is to like, I mean, you build up some really impressive muscle memory, so I don't know how much it helps, but at some point, you know, the difference between like press X to jump and actually jumping, I think probably just feels a lot better. And I don't know, for me, it's been 
pretty much exclusively. I mean, I've seen some interesting stuff, and if you want to count like what Snapchat's just doing with their filters, like that's pretty interesting. Uh, but the thing that has been most like intriguing to me has been Space Pirate Trainer, which is just like almost a mini game. Which like you know I don't know how many like full games are there for virtual reality, even. Um, and yeah. not just, I mean, there's games that like are virtual reality compatible and therefore are, like full games, but like how many full games develop just for virtual reality? Uh, so I think Space Pirate Trainer is, is about as close as you get to like a full dedicated VR game right now, but it is pretty awesome. You get really immersed, it's kind of pretty much just an arcade shooter, uh, but it is like a great time and you do kind of, it almost doesn't matter how realistic it is, just that you are immersed in it. Because it, it's decently realistic, but like, is it photorealistic? No, but does it matter? Mm, not that yeah. much. When everything's like that, it's just like, you get used to it very quickly. There's a game called Hover Junkers that's I have never played, but I've watched a lot of gameplay of it. And you're basically like, it's like the apocalypse and everybody's like finding parts and building ships and kind of like, you know, it's just like an apocalyptic kind of game and you're it's like a shooter um but like they focus very heavily on the like shooting like the aiming physics and things like that um and it's built just for vr it looks really really cool um Hmm. but there like you said there's not very many games that do that but i I want like a west world in virtual reality like what you know not west Mm -hmm. world exactly but like experiences like that like a world of warcraft or like a west world or something like that to where you're just exploring a world or maybe experience like apollo 11 or whatever it is those things i think are going to be really cool but um it's just too expensive and you have to also have like a you know several thousand dollar computer to run it once you get the equipment it's coming yep the uh there's the oculus go i haven't watched a whole lot of stuff about but that's that's like inside out tracking, right? Uh I don't know. Yeah. Once they once they nail down inside out tracking and like making like battery life last and it's all like a single unit that doesn't need to be tethered to a computer or anything else. Um, but also hits like the three hundred dollar price point and then I think it'll be a lot more popular. I'm not sure what is inside out tracking. Uh, yeah, so there's outside-in tracking. I don't know if it's called that, but it sounds like it would be. But that's where you have, like, cameras, like, around the room. And you have maybe infrared lights on the headset. So it's from the outside-in, it's seeing where you are in 3D space. But inside-out tracking is everything's contained in the headset. And it's tracking the room around you with no additional, like, no QR codes or no... I guess that would be considered it, but that's just not practical, but... There are no markers like around the room, so you can just go anywhere and put a headset on, and you can be tracked um, in 3D space, like up, down, left, right, walk around. You can do everything. Um, that that's really difficult to do, but that's the goal. Okay, so this will maybe be like part one of talking about flags because there's just there's there's a lot. So just to uh, give a sneak peek of, I guess, kind of what's coming. We've got state flag redesigns. We've got uh, earth flag uh, different designs that have come across. I'm trying to find my notes right now because I have it listed. Okay, we've got uh, 
ranked flags from the North American Vexillological Society. And uh, so, Gil, what we decided, uh, where do we want to start on? Um, let's start on the Earth flag. Part part of this is just I want to kind of oh oh actually okay I'll send you two so one is a design project that I don't completely know but it's like it's got its own website and I'm pretty sure it was just like someone's college design project um, but it's like kind of up there in recognition as like a flag of Earth kind of thing oh okay I have seen this yeah so it's like a, a decent amount of people have seen this it's like pretty popular. And uh, so there's that one, and then let me find for you the other flag of Earth that I really like and was posted to Reddit like four years ago. Oh, look, I'm finding other cool ones. Okay, this is the one that I actually... So this is six years ago by a person that actually is now a YouTube uh, YouTube guy called like Helios or something like that, uh, who's like making space stuff. But so this is his, or possibly hers... Uh, her flag of earth and i really like this one Hmm. i've seen this as an image like i used to have this as my wallpaper on my phone yeah i didn't know that this was meant to be a flag yeah well if you go to the link he went he or she went just all out because uh there's like a like a let me let me link to the imager here Im- imager there's like one for e- every uh like progressive colonization of the solar system and eventually like galaxy so there's like the imager Im- imager i hate i hate how they spelled their website i but... think it's just imager <laughs> yeah i think it is <laughs> but i it doesn't read like that oh this one's earth and then this is the same person who did uh, just flags for each planet that's kind of in the same theme. Okay, I do like this as a flag. What, the planet ones? Yeah. I just like it because, you know, it abstracts it. I, I mean, is it symbolic? Eh, I mean, obviously those things stand for things. It's just... The thing about a flag of Earth is that you're gonna have so much controversy that like you might as well just roll with one that's that's pretty good and generally accepted. Yeah. And uh, I kind of I kind of like where this one went because so the idea here is on the original one, I think right. So the sun is just kind of balancing it by being white, but then everything else is grayed out except for the Earth and then the Moon, and that's presumably because uh, we've been to the Moon. And then if you look at that link to the rest of the, like the progression of like colonizing and expanding out into the solar system, you see new things start to light up as we kind of get there. So I like it because it kind of is easily able to adapt to just moving forward. And it's got a good look to it. I like this because it implies that we're going to go to more than just Earth. But yeah. Um like you said though it's very you know literal symbolism it's just two circles one for earth one for moon at least i'm assuming this is the earth one yeah i do like these i feel like they need to be all zoomed into a different piece like maybe collectively they make up these different 
sections, but like all these tiny circles, you know, if you get more than like a block away from a flag, you're not going to, it's just going to look like a bunch of dots. So like mm-hmm. if you're like more zoomed in to like the one that you sent, that's just earth, um, but then have something different. So there's one on here for when we get to Mars and there's two moons and it, it like has something like that. Um, the blue background, I'm not sure how I feel about like uh, there's, I feel like if you're going to do symbolism somewhere, maybe do it in the color of the background, like the color of the flag. And maybe that could be different for every, um, that could be different for every planet. Uh, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that, I think that there's something here. Like if you did a zoomed in version of Mars with a red background, but collectively when you put them all together, it it makes up this solar system, uh, kind of like he's got here for, uh, 2000 the year 2204 when we've conquered the whole solar system (laughs) yeah um yeah i don't know there's something here though that's that's really cool but it gets Mm -hmm. really busy really fast yeah i mean it's tough to do like i said i think that well so the blue probably is is like i imagine water or otherwise it might just be kind of arbitrarily chosen or sky color maybe um so i don't i don't hate the blue and then to keep it consistent i think he even commented though like he's not super serious about those planet designs it's just like he whipped those up really quickly or she yeah uh, so i, I the, generally like it the it's one... only relevant to earth though so if we're moving on to other planets and solar systems and like it immediately breaks down yeah but it's it's homage to the the pale blue dot and the blue marble yeah which okay. is the I don't know. <laughs> you kind of got to stretch. The other thing that I want to bring attention to is the possibility. So, okay, two things. One, the whole point of a flag is for recognition, right? Like, I feel like there has to be another entity for there to be a flag of Earth. I'm not sure it really makes, I mean, as like a unity thing, I guess, but technically, the flag's purpose is to be recognized by by non-earth people. Yeah. Well, whenever you think about like you no, know, when when you think about like the differences in like populations, there's like you know, your household has like this special kind of thing going on, then your neighborhood, then your city, then your state, then your country, but it all breaks down at then your planet because this is the only planet that we know of with life on it. So I think you're right. You do need another layer for you to like kind of be on the team of earth because if that's the only team and then who really cares, but, but in like, you know, a few hundred years, maybe when we have a few colonies on Mars, I think we could justify an earth flag and a Mars flag. Um, Well, so here's, here's my analogy. Let's say that, let's say we don't really visit Mars much, maybe like briefly, but we colonize the moon. Okay. And then we create like a flag of earth, right? So, so now that makes sense because, you know, the moon is almost independent basically. Right. So then flag of earth is so that the moon, you know, there's multiple players. Right. And then say that we would colonize Mars. Now it becomes a situation like what the British had with the United States. Right. Or with just the Americas, I guess in general, where it's like, okay, we have this flag to differentiate us from other countries in existence, like the moon or whatever, uh, or 
in Britain's case, I don't know, like France and stuff. Uh, but then if we would colonize Mars, it would be like we claim this in the name of like Earth, right? And then, you know, Mars rebels, Mars gets its own flag, and the whole process kind of repeats itself over on a grander scheme. Yeah. I feel like that's exactly what would happen because as soon as a generation is born on another planet and they're completely foreign to Earth, they're going to have, they're not going to have, like, they'll have the same relationship that we have to Britain as Americans now, which is like, you know, essentially zero. Mm -hmm. The other thing, I don't know if this was intentional because this particular flag, the other one that I sent, which is that kind of more known flag of Earth, uh, looks to be pretty standard sized. This one uh, seems to be wide. Yeah. And I don't know if that's intentional, but I do believe that like, I don't know what it would be, but if you're designing a flag that largely will be in space, I feel like maybe it should probably not be the general shape of the flags that have been, you know, current flag shape is optimized for like wind flapping. And uh, so I feel like, there's benefits to possibly like taking advantage of lower gravity or maybe a different shape altogether or different proportions. Yeah. But I think the shape of the flag, the, what is it? It's like one by 1.9 is what makes it a flag. Like when you, when you see a flag, that's like a pennant, you're like, that's not, that's not a real flag. (laughs) Tell that to Ohio Gill. (laughs) (laughs) When I see this, I think, I guess that's why, like I I said, I've had this as my like wallpaper before because it looks like it's like, like a 16 by nine, just image. Yeah. It doesn't look like a flag. Like a screensaver. Yeah. I could see that. I think it probably took that aspect ratio just as a result of the planets. Yeah, probably. Because they're, they're probably to scale. Well, no, they're not to scale. They're not. Yeah. They are like smaller ones and the gas giants are bigger, so. Yeah, I like this one. So I, I like the first one that you sent with the rings. Um, I think that one makes more sense for just Earth. And if you would have shown me just this first one, I would have liked, um, or this this first one with the rings versus the first uh, image you sent of just the Earth flag. I would have liked the rings better. But I like, I like the other one more now because it does imply colonizing other planets. Whereas there's no room for like there's no room for growth in this other one, in in the rings. There's no way to like make a similar style planet flag, but for Mars. Yeah, and I think the rings, if I remember correctly, they symbolize the continents. But yeah, it's like the continents, and then obviously the blue is for the ocean. Um, I think the like rings are supposed to be like. You know, we're all joined by some common thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm also just bored by this one, and I see, like, uh, it, yeah, it's like a, what's, I guess, GE, you know, that, like, little H symbol thing that they have as their logo? Yeah. It looks a lot like that to me, or maybe, like, the Ford logo, and um, yeah. just very corporate cold flag. Yeah. Somebody needs to put, like, a flaggy flag filter on this. Uh, other one though and then i think we'll be in it be good there you go i have to make sure to link to flaggy flag yeah but you've been busy designing flags yeah you want to 
Do you uh, talk about the flags a little bit? Yeah. Okay, so let me let me send those over here. Um, so this one's Saturn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I like this one. Like black's not really a color you see on a flag, but it, I think it works really well here. And then there's like, um, you talked about this in the Two Tim's Talking podcast, but like the hexagon being kind of like a you know it's just a symbol that's naturally occurring on saturn at one of the poles and obviously the rings um yeah i like this one a lot yeah i mean this is this is like i said it's literally if you took a picture of saturn at that particular spot uh and then just kind of simplified it so not a lot of symbolism at all going on here but i think it makes a, a pretty clean looking and distinct flag for saturn and it was it was based kind of on something someone else had posted, so Yeah, and I think you could translate a similar style to other planets. Hmm. Yeah, it'd be cool actually to do a whole uh all the planets in this style. I might ooh. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to go do that. <laughs> we'll do that in part B. Yeah. Although it loses a little something if it doesn't have rings, right? So it's like I don't know. It'd still be alright. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's maybe other things you could do. I don't know. Like maybe Earth doesn't have to be just like the planet itself. Maybe there could be some symbolism around the atmosphere since it's kind of the mm-hmm. what allows life and all that. Yeah. But yeah. You're going to have some trouble with Neptune. <laughs> but Yeah. Yeah, a few might end up looking similar, but yeah. Do we want to talk about the United States flag that you did? Yeah, yeah, I can post that here too. Uh, so that's fifty, fifty-one, and fifty-five star variants. Okay. Fifty-five looks the best. Yeah, it does. It looks especially great if I don't do that fan thing. But the fan thing only looks good, like the fan pattern in the stars doesn't really look good without the full fifty-five. So went with the fan yeah. pattern because it also has sort of like a firework or rocket exhaust style to it, and then. Uh, the canton the blue part becomes like the earth itself so yeah i like this one a lot like you had a lot of variants so it's hard to pick which one was my favorite i think my problem yeah. with this one was the, like the second to last red stripe has like a really sharp point to it on the left yeah um but i don't know i like i like this a whole lot though mm-hmm. um especially the 55 like i said have you seen like the 49 star state flag or like American flag? Uh, no, I don't know. What is what it's, is that? I don't, it's just kind of weird because we've done it before, where we've had to like realign the stars. It's it was like it's like the border is like all lined up, and then the inner the inner stars are like not so much. Oh, yeah, that's um, pretty weird. That was pretty brief though, too, right? Because that what the difference between Hawaii and Alaska was not a whole lot. Yeah. Hold on, I'm trying to pull it up. But I think yours I think what I'm trying to say is what what you have here is like more adaptable to where you're not completely changing the layout. Mm-hmm. You can you're just kind of shifting that last that last row. Yeah. I actually really like the 48 star flag because it just it was just a perfect grid of stars and uh I don't know. I guess there's some character in the staggering that we have now, but I really I don't know. I was pretty happy with the I mean, not like I was around for it, but <laughs> the, the nice grid of 48 stars is pretty clean. You remember those days? 
<laughs> Good old days. Yeah. <laughs> Pre uh, Pearl Harbor era. But what compelled you to make the the US flag just browsing yeah. ve- vexillology? How do you say I just, it? Ve- vexillological? Vexillological. Wait. Vexillogic. Vexillog. <laughs> ve- vexillology. <laughs> Anyways, what was it that compelled you to. And you, you spent like a long time and lots of iterations on these. Yeah, vexillology. There's a lol in it. But, um. I, well, it kind of turned into its own thing. I started out just like messing around a little bit, but then I was like, oh, maybe we can like do a legitimate attempt at a, a redesign here. And so, you know, at some point I was trying to show like division of the Democrats and the Republicans, and that didn't really come across in the final version here. Uh, I found out like this, this fan pattern kind of looks cool and has like a symbolism in the fireworky look to it and it's just kind of fun um but the biggest point i think was like make it adaptable to more states like that was the original thing that i had written down i was like oh could i make a flag that easily adapts to additional states and just doesn't cause controversy on adding a new one like because there's there's already enough controversy so can we reduce that a little bit with a flag that updates easily and uh yeah so this is kind of what i came up with and then bonus is that it sort of acts as a new kind of like so i call it new worlds right because the earth is almost represented in this and then of course there's the uh you can tack on some other shapes pretty easily that then represent the moon and mars so i'll put a yeah put that one in here too do you play around with um like kind of vertically centering that blue, the kind of the way you have for Saturn. Uh, yeah, some people had suggested that. I think some flags have done that before, and I don't know. I I didn't do too much because I just it was a lot of to get to the point here. But um, I guess the star pattern would get weird once you start yeah, doing that too. It starts to be a little strange and. You know, it's less like a canton, like in the corner, if it's just across the whole left side. Yeah. And I don't know, it could work, but I really didn't go that direction too hard. I think it's too foreign at that point, and it's already pretty foreign as is, so. Yeah. But it's like, it's different enough that it looks, I guess, modern. I don't know if that's even a wor- good word to use for a flag, but... Like it, it's good and like it's close enough that it's like very identifiable. It's cl- very clearly the American flag, yeah. which is more adaptable. Yeah, and it just kind of symbolizes. Oh, okay, we're ready to expand. We can add states. We can add planets, uh, new worlds, and of course, so America was the new world at one point. So it's like this is a play on that, and it also contrasts the current flag variant which is old glory so now we've got new worlds oh yeah yeah so i like how the name worked out uh yeah Mm -hmm. um do you want to do any kind of closer uh i i like to kind of just end it 